Great to have you back a little later than anticipated, but it is episode nine. First and now, Matt Baker and a fired up Jamie Cartmel. Sorry for bailing. I know we were going to do one of these going into the weekend, but as you can probably tell, I fell a little ill, but here I am. I'm good to go. Yes, I, you, you, you burdened the medical, our fragile medical system by going to see a doctor for what amounts to a head cold. I tough it out. You're welcome. Well, I mean, I I felt I should go. You know, we were planning this road trip to Seattle to see Mike Riley, something we're going to do a couple weeks from now. Stay tuned. Shameless plug for bclions.com. And I figured, well, if I'm going to be on the ball here, I, I might as well go get checked out. Turned out I was fine. All the symptoms were, were far gone from uh, getting worse, but was told to take a knee on Friday. Soft, Baker. Hey, man, I'm just doctor's orders. But hey, you know what I'm jacked up about? We're one month from now. We'll be on the field at Thompson Rivers University for the start of, we don't call it rookie camp. It's first year Lions camp. And the main event gets going on May 19th. Uh, seen Mike Riley throwing with Shaq Johnson, Lamar Durant, uh, Brian Burnham this week. They're getting ready. One month from now, we're on the field, Jamie. How cool is that? Yeah, very cool. I can't wait. It seems like it takes forever, and then all of a sudden you get, you know, you're right up on it, and then you're starting saying to yourself, geez, I could use a little more time to get ready. <laughs> but no, it'll be good. It'll be good to, to get out there in the sunshine and be outside and and uh, see what we got cooking for 2019 as far as Lions football goes. Spoke with Mike Riley uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, we're recording this uh, late Tuesday afternoon, so stay tuned for some Mike Riley content. I uh, got his thoughts on football. I haven't had really had much of a chance to talk with him about football yet. You know, he's been good about doing other stuff. He's going to be part of our campaign shoot that will be going down in a couple of weeks, so watch out for that. But you know, he's talked about how he's had a regular rapport with the likes of Duran Carter. They had a good 30-minute chat on the phone. Duran, of course, hasn't been up here yet. He's developed kind of a friendship and a connection with Burnham, Shaq, and Lamar, like I've talked about. And he's ready to hit the ground running. He understands more than anyone else that as exciting as it is, all these possibilities we have on offense this season, there's work to be done, and that's going to happen in Kamloops. Yeah, it's, um, well, one thing about Duran, and I was uh, talking a bit with him on Friday night via text, um, flat earther, which is interesting. So had a few people contact me about his thoughts on the earth being flat. And uh, that, of course, coming on the heels of the uh, Elon Musk SpaceX launch, which was really cool. I'm not sure if you, if you watched that with the uh, heavy Falcon rockets. I did, yes. I love Very space cool. stuff. Anyway, but getting back to line stuff. Yeah, I know I, I probably people who follow the club have noticed that we've kind of, I won't say stalled out, but we've kind of stopped uh, with any kind of player announcements. The roster's full right now. Yes. Uh, with, of course, a mixture of both um, veteran names that you recognize and newcomers. And a lot of those newcomers or a number of those newcomers will be seen at free agent camps uh, where sort of a final decision is made. But um, I know Neil has got some other names that he has signed. And once Neil McAvoy, got, director right, of football operations, correct. for those not familiar, yes. Once those, um, once there's room on the roster, and by room on the roster, there's going to be some departures, and there's going to be, you know, from maybe some some names, and then some names that you don't know, and then that'll create some room, and then we'll add more guys on, and so there's still some still some movement to come over the next month before we head up to Kamloops. But um, if you're wondering why, as a Lions fan, that you know the transactions have kind of stalled out, it's just because the roster's full. And until we start to sort of shift things around again, um, that's sort of where we're at. So I just 
react on the uh, the whim of the general manager and the director of player personnel. So that's how that works. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. The, the schedule is up for training camp. If you want to visit, as uh, you would say, bclines.com and uh, click the training camp um, uh, link there. You'll see everything set for camp, training schedule, uh, yeah. camp times and practice times, the mini camp, all that stuff is all set to go. That's all updated. So I can tell you one person who's doing a lot of work is Devon. I think he's done about yes. three versions of the training camp practice <laughs> schedule. He's yeah, he's, he's going through a lot of paper and, uh, but no, it's interesting to see all those guys hunkered down and uh, all their stuff and it's uh it's a very busy place these days glad you mentioned devon uh, i had i myself also had a long chat with the head coach uh, at the start of this week and kind of get his perspective one month away what are you doing right now what do you do as a staff how is it different for you as a first-time head coach he of course um worked his way up the coaching ladder in calgary started with the defensive line uh, three solid years as defensive coordinator each year his stampeders defense was at the top and virtually Every major category, they didn't allow a lot of points, as we saw in uh, our various games against the Stampeders for as good as they were on offense, are on offense. It was the defense that really, really did its part in giving Bo Levi Mitchell solid field position and the ability to have a takeaway, a big play at any moment. But Devon says as a head coach, you know, walking, and from my perspective, you probably agree with this too, Jamie, is... You can walk these halls right now on any given day, and you couldn't tell it's the middle of April. I mean, they're actually practicing. You know, Devon has them doing mock game week simulations, and, you know, they've long since gotten the start on the playbook. And speaking of Mike Riley, you hear him on speakerphone next door here with the offense. They're planning this out. Yep. You wouldn't know exactly. it's the middle of April. It, it very much has the energetic feel of football season in these walls right now. Yeah, the I don't know if people really understand how much preparation goes into you know, a football yeah. season. It doesn't just start at training camp. It doesn't just start at training camp. It starts months and months in advance. And, I mean, when you're the head coach, I mean, now Devon obviously is, is taking on way more responsibility than what he had in Calgary as you're the head coach. I mean, just looking at the training camp schedule, you know, you are you – are, football is kind of like the military. Every single hour of the day is mapped out, literally, from, from the meal starting at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning – to the final meeting ending at 10, 15 p.m. Every, every, every hour, every minute of the day is mapped out for everybody at training camp, except for me. I'll be doing my own thing. But You'll be doing cardio. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's incredible. So you have to map out, you know, close to four weeks of activities. Plus, yeah, it's, it's, it really is quite incredible. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little bit different. There's going to be a lot of things that are the same. You can only sort of change so much, but um, you're sort of guided by some of the things that are in the CBA in terms of, you know, padded practices and things like that. But um, at the same time, there's just looking at some of the things that Devon has dropped off, there are some different things which are, which are going to be interesting. And I think it's, um, you know, it's it prevents you from sort of falling into a routine, which is not good. It keeps the players kind of alert. It also recognizes that, you know, you can only hold someone's attention for so long doing things. So, you know, it's just interesting breaks and how things are broken up. And it's um, every every training camp is always different. And I think this one will be different once again. Because you've mentioned it a couple times, it's good. The training camp page is active. You head to bclions.com under the team tab. Some 
Quickly looking at some key dates, as mentioned, uh, the rookies are first. Wednesday, May 15th, I uh, shouldn't call them rookies. It's first-year BC Lions, the more accurate term. So maybe a chance to see a couple of these significant newcomers. You never know. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll update you when the roster gets close to finalize as far as first year. That's three days, just single practices. Uh, all veterans and staff are reporting by Saturday the 18th. Sunday morning the 19th, hey, May long weekend. If you're looking for a getaway, come up to Kamloops. You can catch the first couple days of camp on the field, 8.45, Sunday, the 19th of May. And the first preseason game, early preseason action this year. We're going to get on a plane and head to Edmonton on uh, Saturday evening, the 25th, Sunday afternoon, May 26th, at the com- at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium, 1 o'clock Pacific, Lions and Eskimos. Back to Kamloops after that. Had a few ask me on Twitter about FanFest. Saturday, June 1st, is uh, if you're a FanFest goer, 5 to 9.30. I imagine all the other uh, activities are in store. Kids games, play with the pros, late night fireworks, live scrimmage, which I had the pleasure of announcing last year. You kind of get a first look at these guys in game action, kind of a mock game situation. Breaking camp on Wednesday the 5th. Thursday the 6th, perhaps, and then, of course, back here to conclude preseason on June 7th against Calgary. Saturday, June 15th, the regular season is underway with Winnipeg in town. Yeah, a lot of days, a lot of practices. It uh, it feels like a lot, but it goes fast, and before you know it, you're you're trucking down to the stadium to get ready for that, you know, that first preseason home game and, and the kickoff to the season, so... Um, yeah, it's 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 gone crazy fast, but we obviously can't wait. A lot of excitement in the building and a lot of anticipation. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, how we do this year. Before we do shift gears, we're going to talk Tiger Woods, a little Stanley Cup playoffs, talk about what's trending. Uh, you've been at this a while now, heading into your 15th season, 14th season? With uh, the 14th with the Lions. Yeah, 2006. Other than the trails and the outdoors. What do you like most about training camp? A lot of surprises emerge player-wise. What's your what's your biggest enjoyment with watching our guys on the field in Kamloops? Well, I, I think it's interesting to sort of see someone who um, comes in maybe a little bit unheralded and, and just right. blows everybody away. And, um, you know, you can harken back to one Cameron Wake, <laughs> who certainly did that in Abbotsford yeah. one year. You know, you just you just like to see the see the progression of of camp itself, and I really like um, you know when you're when you're going team and we go team mm-hmm. in two different directions. So you've got an offense and a defense basically at midfield with their backs to one another, going in opposite directions. So it's just snap after snap after snap after snap of plays, and it just you know that fast paced, fast yeah. paced. The organization and. Um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about camp is just, you know, I like things. <laughs> I like a lot of straight lines and, uh, you know, a lot of order being kept. So it's, uh, I, I enjoy that part of camp. But I think, yeah, sort of those, wow, that guy came out of nowhere or, you know, that that kind of thing. It just, you know, there's some spots on this team that are going to be interesting. That that extra receiver spot is going to be interesting. The, um, the, uh, the, the defensive end spot opposite of Odell is going to be a very interesting right situation tackle. there. Right tackle. Offense, uh, huge. Jovan's old spot. Yep. Is going to be very interesting. Um, even just who is going to be the quarterback behind Mike? Yeah. Um, you know, and how the roster kind of comes together, and 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 you know, kicking <laughs> a bit of a interesting situation right now. We'll see how that progresses. Um, 
it's yeah there's there's some spots that will be definitely up for grabs on this team there's been a lot of active uh you know a lot sort of a lot of activity in free agency where some spots are obviously nailed down but there's there's a lot of uh, questions to be answered and the best part well not the best part but a good part of camp first and now will be there another first for BC Lions Maybe. We'll camp. see. I, I'm still not happy about the lead-in music, and I'm not sure I'm going to go this, on. Hey, saying, really? Hey, no, no, no. This no. is the hill you're going to die on? It is. Come on. I Come on. Our producer, Josh Klassen, the executive producer, was researching. He was... Like I said earlier, I consult everybody on everything. How do we sound? The topics, the tone, you know, all those types of things. Don't I was sweat consult. the small stuff, man. Come I was on. not consulted a... about the lead-in music. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to change it. Before. Find... Is there a band from Kamloops? Is there a Kamloops theme? Is there? I don't know. Probably not. See anybody who who's listening? I know we, we have can a lot. Change of, the theme. There's a lot of experts, even within the building, about podcasts. Oh and stuff. yeah. When you're time. joking around, those are called bits. So me constantly complaining about the lead-in music—that's actually kind of what they call a comedy. You're bit. doing shtick. It's a bit shtick. That's a yeah. bit. I could care less about the music, but All right. for people who think you're complaining a lot, <laughs> it's called a bit. We've had our music rant for the day. Lovely. And what a weekend it was in the world of sports. Our executive producer, Alex Ruiz, completed the Sun Run in, I believe, a time of 48 minutes, 32 seconds. Oh, and there's also our head athletic therapist, Tristan Sandu, the Boston Marathon, early in this week. uh, As he, I'm quoting him on his Facebook page, a respectable two hours and 53 minutes. I think that's a bit more than respectable. Tristan, so. this is funny because there's always a, a road race, I think in Merritt, right around training camp time. And Tristan would, he would, it's like early on one of the Sunday mornings. And, and Tristan think, would roll yeah. back to Merritt and run a road race in Merritt and beat everybody. Oh, why And come back to camp in the morning and they just hated him there. He'd come in and like, oh, this guy again. He'd just come yeah. in and blow away the field and then roll back to training. It's the most hilarious thing ever. But he's dedicated. I've seen him yes. uh, doing his seven-minute miles out there on the track at Thompson Rivers University. Yes. So, congrats, Tristan and Alex. Yes. And Alex, ten k, ten k is no joke. Well I, done, Tiger Woods. Yes. Very. Uh, I I was compelled, very compelled, watching the final round at Augusta on Sunday, as uh, you know, and you know. He had some. He had guys collapse too. Francisco Molinari, Dustin Johnson couldn't quite keep up with the birdies and that uh, as he got later in the back nine. But Tiger Woods is a Masters champion again. First off, Jamie, did you ever think you'd see the day? You know, I think when he ended last year so strong, I guess you thought it was possible. But in, during the broadcast, they said, you know, some of those guys that are those young guys who grew up watching Tiger understand what made tiger so great so it's almost like they were immune to what would sort of fall the guys prior to like ernie ells you know he'd be in a he'd be in a championship round with tiger and lose because he just would fold under the pressure or whoever it might have been back then even phil or whatever but um these young guys they kind of know what tiger's made of and so they're trying to sort of emulate that on the course and yeah i mean molinari hits the pine cone under the tree (laughs) and puts it in the water and that was sort of his demise as it got well he had a double bogey prior to that as well but um it's like the guy said, Tiger just hunts him down and then eventually just takes him out. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch. The one thing about golf, and I was saying this to someone else earlier today, you know, when you're watching a football game, you're obviously waiting for a pass to be completed. You're waiting for a touchdown. You're waiting, you know, hockey, you're waiting for a goal to be scored. The thing about golf and the way that's presented is that the way they beam around the golf course, there's always somebody taking a shot. It's like we're going to go to 16, and yeah. here's this guy's putt. Okay, and he's made it. Okay, and we're off to 14. Here's you get it on delay up. sometimes too, you're right? Just, yeah. You're just seeing shot, 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 shot. There's no fill 
in a really good golf uh, broadcast. So you're just seeing nothing but golf. It's great. You almost you can't stop watching because every time they just keep going to the next guy. So it's just it's just go 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 go. So but yeah, I mean, and not only that, but the early start because of the weather. It yeah. started at what six? Like the first guys were teeing off at like six o'clock Pacific time. Six so, twenty or something. I mean, right? I, yeah. Admittedly, set the alarm to get up, go down and, and take a peek, and uh, I mean, just yeah, it was just it was just very interesting, and it's just. It's from a person who works in sports. It's history. It's sports history, and you, when you when you witness it firsthand, you can always say, "Yeah, I remember that, and I saw it, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it." And you're not just hearing about it; you're witnessing it. And it was it was truly something to witness. And I'll, I'll say this about Tiger: I mean, when he was in his prime, when he was winning, when it looked like it was a foregone conclusion before all the personal problems and the injuries took a toll, it was a foregone conclusion he was going to pass. Jack Nicholas, right? He's like, like the Yankees, like the Patriots. Um, love him or hate him, when they're in, when they're in discussion for a title, you're watching. It's a lot much more intriguing. With like when he made that charge, I guess it was on Saturday, and it was clear he was going to be in that final pairing on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm invested. I'm watching this. I'm. Well, he was so dominant in his early Masters wins. They changed. The yeah. length of the course. Can there was imagine? a U.S. Open he won there by a bunch yeah, I think, of strokes. I think too. he was almost 20 under one year when he won the Masters. They changed the length of the course on some of the holes to make it more difficult because he was just destroying mm-hmm. the course. They don't change the rules of of hockey or football or baseball. They don't give a guy two strikes instead of three to get him out because he's such a dominant hitter. They had to change the course. That's crazy. And I, ne- I, I found it hard to believe he'd, we'd ever see this again from him. You know, not necessarily because of the cheating and the personal stuff. That's that's a long time ago now. That's ten years ago almost, right? Was that U.S. Thanksgiving in two thousand nine yeah. when he when he crashed into the fire hydrant? But knee surgeries. He had his back redone. I mean, you you golf was a big reason that this guy had to undergo all of these surgeries and had all these ailments and he had the same kind of back surgery i think that wally had where you're fusing it was a vertebrae thing yeah right yeah crazy so um at that age for sure count me in in the discussion that i would have liked to see it again but i never necessarily thought i would and uh, very great great theater great for him when he's hugging his kids that made for some pretty cool tv moments now naturally fire up your twitter sound effects if you (laughs) if you have them at the ready but your typing sound effects. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You got your soundboard there. All the busy bodies on Twitter. Yeah. very quickly, we had a meeting after episode eight, and we said we need some production value. So there we go. Jamie Cartmel has gotten us started. But You're welcome. You know, naturally, you're seeing reaction from people. Oh, how can you be happy for this guy and what he did and what... And, you know, it's not that we're condoning what he did. Can you keep them separate? Like, this is a great feat, talking about coming back from all these injuries and all the adversity, all, all you know, dealing with all the mental stuff. Well, I think... Can we not be happy for the guy? Sure. I mean, I think you can separate them. People have separated a lot of things about a lot of people. I mean, I was a big Edmonton Oilers fan. Craig McTavish killed somebody, drinking and driving. Vehicular homicide. Took yeah. someone's life. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of me, people say, well, the family has forgiven him and they understand. I'm sure they have. But he still took someone's life. Do you like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies? Well, love them. He had a child with his uh, housekeeper, didn't he? That ruined his marriage. Do you like Kevin Hart? He's a funny comedian. He cheated on his wife. 
You know what? You, you like Madonna? Didn't she cheat on Guy Ritchie? I mean, you know what if, I found you're funny too. Go ahead. Sorry, in that vein, uh, someone I know who's a big Patriots fan was complaining on Twitter about all the Tiger love, and you know Tom Brady himself. He comes across as this golden boy, and you know he he had two women pregnant at once, didn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you know what I grew up loving in high school? David Letterman. Yeah, there's another one. What's his legacy? So yes. You know, let the person who's without fault step on up and, and you know, tell us all about yourself. But um, if you're going to if you're going to be one of these people who want to be on the right side of an argument and say that well, they can't support Tiger because of what happened in his personal life 10 years ago. Well, you might want to take a hard look at a lot of things that you're either entertained by in the movies, sports, music or anybody you follow in politics, because. There's a lot of uh, men and women, too, who, who have found themselves in some uh, precarious situations in their personal lives. And you know what else? It's different because golf's an individual sport. In team sports, you have fans of teams and players, like you say with the Oilers and, and whatnot, who defend it to the death. Like San sure. Francisco Giants fans, when Barry Bonds was chasing Hank Aaron's record, every stadium this guy would go into, there would be booze, people would have their paper needles that they made and they would but got cheered like hell in san francisco patriots fans boston fans in general they defend their players to death here um todd bertuzzi sucker punches steve moore gets suspended comes back after the lockout is booed out of every arena the canucks go into for the next couple of seasons but fans here stuck with him thin and thin thick and thin so it's, individual sports kind of make it a little different in that regard as well. It does. I mean, you even saw it last night with the kid who decided he wanted to throw down with Ovi. Svechnikov. Svech- mm. Not a good decision. <laughs> no. And of course, everyone's all over. Oh, he, you know, he, he shouldn't have been punching a kid. It's his whatever. It's his first game. He's 19. He didn't know what he was doing. When you're chirping, you better be prepared. I mean, you want to, you know, you want to talk the talk. You better yeah. be able to walk it. And apparently he couldn't. Two so, willing participants in a fight at that point, right? I believe that's, that's right. How about the Stanley Cup playoffs, though? Tampa Bay Lightning, again, as we record this, uh, Game 4 is happening in a, in about an hour or so. But Yeah, strange. I mean, they were my pick, obviously, to win the Stanley Cup, which shows you how much A, I follow it, and, or B, I care, and how much I know. But has there ever been a year where, where the two top seeds in the East and West could be out in the first round? I mean, Calgary, I mean, they're only down 2-1, but they're in trouble. I think they realize that their goalie is Mike Smith. Yeah, Mike Smith wasn't going to be a Vezina type goalie all the time. <laughs> yeah, really. it's um To answer your question, I since they went to this format, I don't think so. I, I yeah. can't think of it. There's been years of course where the top 2 seeds in one conference have both been out in round right, 1, but right. both number 1s I'd have to look it up. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's always compelling. It's always very interesting. Um I like to meet what I like to do too is I like to talk about jersey matchups. I'd say in that first, yeah. the first few games, that blue New York Islanders jersey versus the white and gold of the Penguins, that was a great jersey matchup. And last night, that green—I'm going to be green guy—but that Dallas Stars jersey is, That's I sharp. think, it I, it might be subtly the best jersey in the NHL. I, I love something it. about I, green. Yeah, well, that that particular green is just—it's just be it's just great, a great jersey. So that's a good jersey matchup, but. Um, even Calgary, Colorado. Speaking of the Flames, couple good color not schemes bad. there. I'd see. I'm not a big fan of that 
that throwback Calgary jersey. It's too much. I'm not a big red guy, so it's just there's too much red in that jersey. Yeah, that was an interesting call. They decided to go retro for the whole playoffs. Yeah, maybe trying to rekindle some fire from 1989. As far years. as the playoffs go, too, I'm always surprised at how many guys put themselves in a position to be suspended. Yeah, like with that kind of stuff. Like, the scrutiny is is even more so in the playoffs than it is during the regular season. Like guys skating by and just catching their jaw, and like Thornton did, or even Cross the Kadri kid. I don't. Yeah. I, just a just a bonehead play. I, you know, it, I, I you know that led us to another discussion. Is there another sport where the individual players have less personal accountability towards each other's safety on the playing surface than hockey? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been guys who've gone low in football. There's guys who slide in high and into second base in baseball. But you can always drop the gloves, like we just talked about with mm-hmm. Ovechkin. Skating up to a guy and cross-checking him in the face, I don't know I, I don't know of another sport where you're taking out your frustrations on the opposition in such a manner that could really put that person in jeopardy. Yeah, of course, in football, you don't see... Well, you see cheap cheap shots, but no fighting. Obviously, you can't punch a guy when he's wearing a face mask. Uh, well, you're not holding, it. you know, what what is basically a weapon it's an either. Interesting point. You know, be. I think we talked in the last episode about how I think you brought it up. It was a good point about how the intensity just rises from the end of the regular season. Maybe That's right. it's a product of that intensity you speak of. Well, you know what? And you know what Wally used to say, like when yeah. guys would do something on the field, and he would say, "Why is everybody so surprised?" I mean, you want guys <laughs> to play. You know, as a fan, as a coach, you want guys to play with a, with an incredible amount of intensity. You know, everyone's yelling, get him, get him, you know, hit him, hit him, hit the guy with the puck, hit the guy with the ball, get him. And then when at one point or at some point when someone does kind of have that sort of that snap moment, we're all blown away by what by what they've done. But in the end, should you really be surprised? I guess what it surprises me the most about that one with, with Kadri is that he does have the option to fight. He's reacting to his teammate getting put into the turnbuckle. I get it. And he's fought before. And right. he can fight. So yeah. why wouldn't you just challenge the guy to a fight instead of cross-checking him in the face? Like, I don't know. Like, even like yeah. even in the, there's got to be that tiny part of your head that says, I'm about to do something that I will probably be suspended for. It's not like someone's going to miss it. It's just, I don't get the, mm-hmm. the intelligence factor on that one. Like, just forget the whole player safety thing. Like, just dumb. Well, the Leafs obviously didn't miss a beat when the series no. shifted to Toronto. So, hey, we could be doing this podcast in a couple months talking about the prospect of the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. being in the Stanley Cup final. God, could you imagine? But well, great time of year. And, uh, yeah, like we talked about, a couple of surprising results. You mentioned Joe Thornton as well. That's That was one of those, I guess it would have been game three of the Knights and the Sharks, where it's one of those, I had it on TV, but I was on my computer, I was doing some work stuff, so I kind of was listening with one ear, and every time I looked up, there was a scrum, there was guys whacking each other, there was, it's just, that's a rivalry, I guess, that sort of developed. They met in the playoffs last year, of course, Vegas took them out in round two, and division rivals, they meet lots in the regular season, Yeah. so potentially for talking about one of the nastier series i think it's vegas and san jose only again as we record this only three games in but just seemed like every stoppage in play yeah scrum face wash um, yeah ryan reeves and evander kane continuing their sort of rivalry fighting toward the end there and just yeah yeah it's fun it's intense it's the playoffs it's good good for tv yep episode nine will continue we'll talk about what's trending also 
crib building in 2019. We'll explain. It is episode 9 in honor of one of our favorite defensive linemen, Davon Coleman, switching to number 9 this season from number 90. Little Lions scoop for all you out there. Don't like it. I don't like OD lineman wearing single digits. No offense. Why? I just, it looks Who weird. died and made you the number, police? Just looks weird. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an aesthetics person, and I don't like single-digit numbers in traditionally double-digit areas. I think it's weird. Okay. Well, you don't, I'm with you. You don't like the number zero either, players wearing the number. I'm with you no. on that one, but and number thank- nine? And I let him wear a nine. He's a, he was an all star last year. Come on. Dude. And I know, I know, and I know. Sean came in and wore it and stuff like that. Yes. So, they, yes. so the, the the ground was, you know, laid for that. But no, I'm not a fan. D lineman should be in the nineties. That's just how it looks. The New best segment. The best wore nineties. That's all I'm gonna say. New segment numbers with Jamie Cartmill. Talk to the sales guys in the back. They'll they'll get that sponsored. All right, moving along. Um, yeah, moving along. What's trending? A very scary stuff out of Paris yeah. with uh, Notre Dame up in flames. And yeah, what was your thoughts? I mean, some of those some of those images you see, and it's 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 not believable. It's like something you'd see in a movie or something. Or It's just, yeah, when you think about, obviously it, well, it was built in, what, 1163, built in the 12th century. So, I mean, 800 years old. Plus, like, it's unbelievable to think that something like that could be gone. Thankfully, it looks like some of the stuff, they, they got a lot of the, they lot of the treasures out stuff. and stuff, and it's not quite as bad as what they thought it was going to be inside, because obviously it's a very high ceiling to put, you know, me and my architectural historical knowledge, um, you know, that so a lot of it was is not quite as bad as what they thought it was going to be, but I mean, the, the steeple or whatever came down, obviously they're going to yeah. replace it, which kind of seems strange to me too. I mean, like, okay, well, here's the church. It was, uh, you know, we started building this in 1163 and here it is. And oh yeah, that steeple there was built in 2022. So I don't know. Part of me almost feels like they should just not rebuild that part. That's part of its history. It's also very interesting to think that through all of the different wars and things that have gone on through Europe yeah. to World War, that it was never even mistakenly bombed and stuff like that, right. like that it, it survived all that. It's incredible. But yeah, tragic to think that when you talk about like, not just history, you're talking about civilization, pieces of civilization as we know it, not be like being potentially gone. That's, that's incredible. I was, sad. Uh, I was lucky to visit there, I think in the fall of 2013 and uh, did not go inside, but just kind of went, you know, took pictures. It's one of those things you see it up close, or yeah, this is really cool. This is really special. And you talked about we go to Montreal. You visited the Basilica there, and you go inside that, and you think of yeah. all the historical. As events. a kid, I did. Yeah, no, yeah. It's I'm I love you know. I mean, I kind of a history guy, and even I mean, it's kind of unrelated. But even you know, having visited places when you go to Alcatraz, and you, you just yeah. feel the history in places like that. Where that's another good one. You know, I mean, obviously not the same as Notre Dame, but you know, you get it's the same sort of feeling. Like wow, like. You're walking down the same hallways and in the same, like where Al Capone was, or you're in mm. the same area where they were, you know, you know, whatever registered or whatever. Even the movie The Rock, where you know, yeah, with Sean Connery and Nicolas yeah. Cage, that was. But back to Notre Dame, like, did they, did they? Was anything said about how this started? Or? Well, they're obviously were doing some work up on yeah. the roof there, but you know, probably you know. And if it's anything like my house, you know, two people, too many things plugged in the same outlet as the toaster, and away she goes. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So speak. Yeah, and again, you mentioned they have salvaged some pretty important items, and yeah. nobody killed, nobody hurt. That's sort of and that, thankfully, that's the silver I, lining you take, I guess. And in, and I guess in the times we're living in, you're just glad that it wasn't wasn't done on purpose, and somebody it wasn't an act of terror yeah, or whatnot. Yeah, especially so. in this day and age. Yeah, as we've we've spoken about the Boston Marathon in this episode, and, and yeah. all those other things. So, yep. Uh, thoughts with everyone, and uh, props to the responders and the cleanup crew, and all of that. Uh, that was trending, of course. You know what was trending on the weekend? Game of Thrones. I know you were excited to... Again, I've never seen an episode, so fill me in. Did it live up to the hype? What's the I, deal? I'll be honest. I I, I sort of, um, a couple of years ago, I sort of decided, okay, I'll watch all the episodes over Christmas holidays. So I think in about year three, I kind of got caught up, and I kind of watch it, but... I'm also the person who watches it the next day because they usually have some sort of Wikipedia episode summary that you can, because I don't know anybody. I just know there's a guy who digs his sister and they had some kids and, you know, a lot of people get killed and then there's a dragon and... Inbreeding, yeah. Yeah, it's just, well, it's a different time. Um, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of enjoy it. I kind of have to, it's one of those shows where I think you can watch it. And then you could probably watch it from the beginning again and not understand anything you just watched and try and figure it out again. Right. So there's that. It's kind of like having, you know, Alzheimer's while you're watching a show because no, I don't I have no idea. They like, forget. Yeah. Yeah. I could watch, I could be watching, I could watch this episode next week and think that it was the first episode again because I have no idea, but I like it. It's funny, I people like me, we think we're the only ones that don't watch it. Then, of course, a bunch of other wise people on Twitter go and say, oh, I must be the only one who's never watched Game of Thrones, when in reality well, there's plenty of us. But I'll come around. I'll, I'm not I'll get a to big, it one day. I've never been like a big, oh, hey, like, what is that, like, um, what do you call those kinds of books? Not uh, like not science fiction. What is that when it's all like Lothar of the Sandcastle people and okay. stuff? Like, I, I get it. It doesn't really, fantasy, sorry. Fantasy, fantasy. That's yeah. A real, tough word to come up with but yeah i'm not a big fantasy guy either but I, you know i i don't know why do people feel the need to announce that they're not doing what everyone else is doing like it's like well, when, i guess because uh, it makes them maybe it, it uh, validates that you know that they think they have a life or something or they think they're I too guess. cool uh, yeah i don't know hey i've i've watched shows that have been cultural phenomenons like maybe not quite on the same level breaking bad was a big one that was yep. really popular and then of course yep. i'd see the odd person and, oh never watch breaking bad what's the big deal and then you, you know well, there are some shows that are sort of culturally sort of relevant and are, are super sure. interesting i mean like the sopranos or the wire i mean those were amazing Unreal. shows with amazing writing and amazing acting i mean i can i can kind of come around to the not into dragon shows i can kind of I can kind of get people, but I just don't get the the need to announce it. Like what? I, like I never saw Avatar, but I don't need to go on it because people talk. Oh, there's gonna be nine more Avatar movies. I think I've never even saw the first one, and I have no real desire to see it either. I it doesn't yeah. really do anything for me. I never really. I think I saw part of one of the Harry Potter movies. Those are supposed to be all amazing. I don't like any of these comic book movies. But I'm I, with you there. I actually, saw I shouldn't one say I don't like the comic Potter. book movies. I liked Angry Batman. Was that? Christian Bale. He yeah. Was, those ones are good. And I like... Where uh, are they? Where are the weapons? Yeah. yeah he yeah. was good. Um, Not bad, but, eh? uh, And actually, uh, the one where they play all the rock and roll music in it, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Because those are That's funny. Good. And actually, good. Deadpool's pretty good. But I don't really good see those cast. guys as... as uh, as superheroes. I mean, it's, they kind of break the fourth wall and it's cheeky and it's fun. And they kind of, they're sort of self actualization in those movies where they, they know it's just, they're just kind of, again, doing bits and stuff like that. So I'm, on, I'm, I'm on board with some of those, but 
It's just to me like it's kind of like Game of Thrones or those Avenger movies. It's just too many guys, too many I, I don't, moving just, parts. Too many yeah. moving parts. I don't know who all the people is, and then it's always they're after something that's glowing. I think typically too, it's some sort of stone or stick that glows, and that's what they need to fix everything up again. To we were get that glowing rock. <laughs> we were talking off the air. Uh, I recently, especially when I was out sick there for a couple of days, I started binge watching The Crown on Netflix. Yes, that's, that's very well done. You've watched that as well. And the amazing thing about that, that's the other extreme. That's true events, right? You know, it deals with the well, it's abdication. a dramatization of A dramatization of, sure. yeah, the abdication. I'm sure they're taking some liberty. King George, yeah, King George VI and Elizabeth yes. taking over the coronation and Prince Philip, how it affected him kind of taking a backseat yes. in the marriage. The Greeks didn't, didn't dig on that But you mentioned that... You mentioned that the difference is, you know, Prince Philip doesn't go out and fly his dragon when he's not getting enough attention yeah. from his wife. Well, so I, that's kind of the other extreme. I think recent history tells you he shouldn't be go flying or driving anything, apparently. So, yeah. But, yeah, you know, he, it, yeah. what's interesting about the crown, like, I mean, you wonder, I always wonder if people are, like, if you if Prince Charles or, or Queen Elizabeth is watching going... Yeah, that's kind of accurate, or that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's her always... Majesty just sits on her laptop, opens up Netflix, and just watches. <laughs> yeah, Philip, why not? Philip, come and watch this scene with me. <laughs> yes, I. It's that would be interesting to if they could just if you could watch it with them and you could just sort of look over at them and go, eh, no, eh, well, no, yeah, or them, yeah, I guess it, that happened. Like some stuff when he was on his African tour and things like that, and parting it up and gentlemen's club and yeah. gentlemen's nights whatever that is well done i yeah. do know oh sorry going back to game of thrones i'm pretty sure, sure that um uh in the first year a guy from james bond got killed that's one of the <laughs> other things i remember that guy so don't take my word for it folks i would i would definitely tune in and uh watch it because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff Maybe in training camp we can do Game of Thrones reviews. I got that's, a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, that's a uh, there's there's so much stuff. Like I used to do my uh, treadmill reviews for shows downstairs, yes. as you know, and the people would text me say how many treadmills for whatever. I I kind of gave up trying to stay up with everything, and I it's it's hard. Like it, it, there's so much. It's almost there's too much choice. You ever get on Netflix and you, you can't you spend you can't half decide. an hour and what the hell am I going to watch? You can't, yeah, you can't decide what to watch instead of just saying that. That's yeah. Back in the day of you know when I was a kid, four channels and you know I was the remote control. Go and put it on four. Click 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 mm-hmm. click click. That you just you just settled for what Duke's a hazard followed by the love boat and that was it. <laughs> I mean there wasn't much on. Now it's too much. That's part of our problem, I think. There's just too much stuff. Too kids, much choice. Kids today don't realize just how good they have it. Anyway, one one of the reasons I couldn't watch or couldn't get into it was uh, Dad came over, put the crib together. That was a project in itself. I know you like building things. and Yeah. So know, we somehow yeah. got that together, and we finally finished step one. And Dad's like, I usually like to celebrate step one with a beer I'm like, dad i'm sorry i don't i don't have any beer in the house i'll go out and get some he says no 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 don't have to no i'm gonna go get some so finally again it being 2019 it's all available on our oh phones. On your phone, of course yeah get out skip the dishes <laughs> so how much is it going to be to get a six pack of coors on skip the dishes of course when you factor in delivery fees and tip and everything service charge 22 bucks for a six pack, so I got a twenty-two dollar six pack of Coors, so we could. So I guess in the lower mainland, the equivalent build. the equivalent of six beers is uh, the same as a liter of gas at this point. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talk about your dad helping you build stuff. My dad, that's that generation where they can do, my dad rewired a 70 Dodge Dart in the parking lot oh. of a Costco when I was about 19 because he could and because it wouldn't start. My dad could do anything. You know, that generation, like I can do a few things and mm-hmm. I'll try. There are just some things I won't touch. Like if there's some like serious electrical stuff that has, I just try to turn off the power to the entire neighborhood before I do anything. So, but it's amazing what, what the, the, the generation, uh, our dad's generation was willing to do. They, right. it, my dad can do any, built his own garage, built the fence around the garage, did all the, did all the yard work, all the drywall, all the basement, whatever, all, yeah. everything it took short of pouring the driveway, everything, the man, the man can do everything and still does. He'll climb into my attic, rewire this, put in a security light there. It's incredible. So yeah, you should treasure those moments because I have got my kids fooled. I think they think I can do some stuff, but <laughs> just involves painting and some 90 degree cuts on a chop saw. Yeah, it went okay. I mean, yeah, it went great. I mean, only a couple F-bombs along the way. And once the expensive beer showed up, he, how, how weak am I? Skip the dishes for a six pack of beer. Yeah, that's a bit of a... I guess I could have well, driven maybe, two minutes to the cold beer and wine store and... It's two ways of looking at it. Gotten it, it for it, half price. It's how desperate are you for beer or literally how much money do you have? Just, just throw <laughs> oh, down wow. 20 for a six pack. Big time Matt Baker over there. You haven't... I haven't told you about my side jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you won't. And on that note, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We thank you for subscribing. Leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter. He is at Sweet Jimmy C. I am at Bakes Takes 84. Any any Lions questions you have? Again, we've talked some football here these last couple of weeks. We'll do so again going into the weekend. Yeah, I think any we'll questions uh, hit us up. I think we'll talk to somebody. I think we should talk to JJ. We've been I think he's got a Jarius Jackson. Yeah, yes. I think I you know, I think that we'll maybe we'll do with, with some of the coaches and maybe we can even do this with Stubes at some point and stuff too is sort of do what, what, what sort of like a back to front like just from the time that they, you know, came out of the womb to where how they brought us brought us together today like just their their whole backstory to today and i think guys like jarius have a very interesting story and stubes you know all the millions of teams he's worked for and what he has seen through the years is interesting stuff so we'll try and start squeezing those guys back in i think um you know again internally they've had a lot of bad reviews about uh, just you and me doing it so <laughs> clearly the uh, there's a lot of critics out there there's yes. a lot of opinions out there jamie but yes. we hey this is our this is our show. We do what we my want mom, on this show. So shout out to my mom who had uh, hip replacement surgery. She thinks ah, it's great. So, how's she doing? Yes, very well. They do not waste time once you get a new hip. Yeah, like you are. She was out the door in in like a day and a half. As soon as you can demonstrate that you can walk up two or three steps, you are out the dough. They they waste yeah. no time. Just think of that. Like it's your leg is kind of detached from your body for a few minutes. That's great to hear. Glad she's doing well. Glad she listens. And uh, speaking of, my dad's going in next week, hip replacement. So From the crib to... From the crib to a new hip. To a new hip. Wow, there you go. There's life in action. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. Episode 9, First and Now.